Man, I just got my report card today, man. I looked at it, man. I had all else on it. I took it back to the teacher, told her to throw some D's on it. Like that. Soldier boy up in the building. Throw some D's on that. I check out my report card. Throw some D's on that. I check out my report card. Throw some D's on that. What's up, what's up, what's up, my L.A. sports fam? This your boy, L.A. Ray Harris of L.A. Courtside Podcast. Podcast brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network and sponsored by DraftKings.com. This is episode number 84 of L.A. Courtside Podcast. Can't believe I've done 84 of these episodes, but I would like to thank all of you for listening and supporting me throughout this journey. Today, I wanted to have just a little bit of fun and do like a uh, first semester report card for the LA Lakers and the LA Clippers. Both teams have uh, reached the midpoint of the season. I believe they've both played like 38 or 39 games respectively. So I thought I'd have a little fun and dole out some grades. Uh, That particular clip uh, music that you just heard was some Soldier Boy report card by Soldier Boy. So I thought that would be a nice little uh, addition to this particular episode since I'm going to be talking about report cards. Now, I'm not going to go through every single player on both of those teams. I'm just going to go with uh, pretty much the top three players, let's say, on each team and the two coaches as well, Ty Lu and Frank Vogel, respectively, and just get my opinion on if they were being graded on what their grades would be. But before I get to that, just want to briefly talk real quick about Today's date, January 6th, of course, this is the one-year anniversary of the, whether you want to call it a riot or whether you want to call it an insurrection, I'm not going to get into that. You guys know I rarely talk about political issues on this show because this is a sports show, but since today is the one-year anniversary of that particular day, which is a bad day in American history, I think we can all agree to that. I just want to get my two cents in on this particular date and what happened last year. Again, very, very bad day for the United States. It doesn't matter what side of the political spectrum you're on, whether you're a Democrat or Republican. You know, I'm an an independent voter. Let me just say that. So I am not affiliated to either party. I don't go by the ideology of either particular party when it comes time to voting. I strictly go by the issues. If you're a Republican and I feel you're the best candidate for the job based on the issues and based what you're going to be bringing to the table, at least what you say you're going to bring to the table, I'll vote that way. Same way for the Democratic side. If your your ideology is, is in line with mine and I think you're the best candidate for the job, then I'm going to vote on that particular side. Or you could be an independent and I'll vote that way as well. But this particular day, this this or this particular country based on what happened last year, is getting really, really scary as far as the division that's going on in this country. Now, as you can see, when what happened last year, how easily it was to penetrate the Capitol in Washington, D.C. You know, you would think that place would be one of the most fortified places in the whole world. It was very easy for the rioters, let's just call them rioters, insurrectionists, whatever, 
to penetrate that capital. Now, what's going to happen moving forward? If it was that easy for them to get in there into the capital in Washington, D.C., you know, how easy is it going to be for someone to get into a particular state's uh, governor's capital when uh, when a governor is selected and the Republican side doesn't win or the Democratic side doesn't win and folks don't like it? You know, what about city elections, you know, for mayor? If the Republican wins or the Democrat wins and some people out there don't like it and then they storm the the uh, city uh, mansion or, you know, wherever they held the uh, elections for the city. And, and we're even seeing school board fights. You know, folks are threatening teachers and school administrators and principals and, you know, having fights outside of the school. This is really, really a scary situation. And yes, I do believe our democracy is in peril right now. It's, it's being threatened. You know, it's, 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 it's almost being compromised right now. And something has to be done. I don't know what that is, but I know both of these political parties and I'm speaking of Democrats and Republicans, you know, they, they have to come together and come to some sort of consensus or this great thing that we call democracy in America is going to slowly, slowly erode. And we're going to become some sort of autocratic nation, you know, like Russia. Yeah, we might as well have President Putin over here running the United States and just whatever he say goes. When he say jumps, you say how high. That's how it is over in Russia. They may think may, may, uh, make you think otherwise, but that's how it goes over there. We do not want that in the United States. So I hope and pray that, you know, because of what happened on January 6th last year, cooler heads will eventually prevail and we can go back to normalcy when it comes to elections, you know, having fair elections. You know, not worrying about people storming a Capitol. You know, folks died last January the 6th. You know, this was not a tour of the Capitol. People died. Police officers died. There was police officers that committed suicide after that. It was so traumatic to them. So this was not just a, a walk in a park, a tour through the Capitol. This was a horrendous, horrendous event. And what it has caused in the United States is division that I definitely have never seen before. And, you know, people that are a lot older than me have even said, hey, we've never seen this before in the United States. Never. So, again, let's hope and pray that uh, all of that stuff ends and we will never see another insurrection or riot uh, as it will uh, ever happen, happen again. So that is my uh, political spiel on today's date, January the 6th. So let me get back into what this episode is all about. Again, episode number 84 of L.A. Courtside podcast and dole out some grades uh, to both the L.A. Clippers and the L.A. Lakers. And first, I'm going to start off with the L.A. Clippers and start off with, let's say, Paul George. Let's say I'm going to start off with Paul George, who's having before he got hurt. A very, very good season. Now, if you just look at just stats alone, Paul George in his career has averaged 20.4 points a game. So far this year, before he got hurt, he was averaging 24.7 points a game. He's played in 26 games so far. 
His total rebounds is, is higher than it has been in his career. He's averaging 7.1 rebounds as opposed to 6.4 in his career. His assist has been higher, 5.5 assists, as opposed to 3.6. Field goal percentage is just about the same, around 43%. He is shooting a little less as far as a percentage goes from the three-point range, 38% in his career as opposed to 32%. But his free throw percentage is up to 88% as opposed to 84.9% in his career. So Paul George is having a very, very good year. And if you look at some of the games before he got hurt, I mean, he's had several games where he's been in the high 30s and even has touched 40 points a few times. He, the, the second game of the year against Memphis, he scored 41 points. Then a few games later after that, at Portland, he scored 42 points. And he had a 34-point game against the uh, – San Antonio Spurs and a 30 point game against Golden State. He has been pretty consistent throughout this year. And there's no doubt that Paul George is the alpha dog on this team. There's just, it's even if Kawhi Leonard was there, Paul George is the guy. But, and I'm not saying that none of the other Clippers players have any heart or anything like that. But if you had to choose, hey, who's the alpha dog of the Lake? I'm sorry, of the Clippers. Sorry about that, Clippers. I didn't mean to say Lakers. Who's the half a dog of the Clippers basketball team? I think the consensus will be Paul George. As he goes, the Clippers go. And before he got hurt again, he's still nursing that elbow injury. He will be out for probably another two to three weeks. And when he comes back, you know, I expect the Clippers to obviously start playing a whole lot better. Right now, they're wallowing around 500. You know, they don't have Leonard or George. And, you know, and everybody's going through this COVID thing, so I'm not going to use that as an excuse. But Paul George, when he gets back, I expect the Clippers to ascend up the Western Conference ladder. And it's going to be because of Paul George or Playoff P or Young Trees or PG-13. Dude has about three or four nicknames but as far as a grade goes and this is obviously before he got hurt I'm gonna give Paul George an A minus I think he really really deserve it he doesn't have too many holes in his game he definitely is going to be an all-star even with the injury he's definitely going to be an all-star in my opinion I mean as far as playing in the all-star game I don't think he's going to be in that MVP category unless he just comes back and just really really just blows it up but he's definitely going to be uh, an NBA All-Star participating in that All-Star game. So, again, Paul George, the alpha dog, the alpha dog of the Clippers. He typically leads them in points, rebounds, and assists. He's not even their point guard. But he gets in there. He does the dirty work. His defense is, is, is good. It's not great. It's not the best defender, but it's, it's good enough. It's good enough, and he's been playing great basketball. So, again, my grade for Mr. Paul George is an A minus. Next up on the list, we have Mr. Reggie Jackson, aka Mr. June, as he was called last winter. So, Reggie Jackson, let's talk about Reg for a minute here. As far as just stats, just flat-out stats, this year Reggie Jackson's averaging 16.9 points a game as opposed to his career average of 12.8. 
his rebounds is uh, around 3.4 rebounds as opposed to 3.0 in his career. So that's pretty much uh, around the same ballpark. The assist is pretty much equal, uh, pretty much around four assists per game. Now, his field goal percentage so far this year has been lower than his career average, 39% as opposed to 42% or almost 43%. His uh, field goal percentage from beyond the arc is down a little bit. And his free throw uh, shooting percentage is also down a little bit. Now, we know last year that Reggie Jackson was very, very instrumental in the playoffs, Western Conference playoffs, after Kawhi Leonard got hurt in that Utah series. And he was definitely the second best player on the team behind Paul George. And he made some really, really big, big shots in the playoffs uh, at the end of last year. And then, of course, obviously, they made it to the Western Conference Finals and lost in six games to the Phoenix Suns. But Reggie Jackson parlayed that into a two-year extension on his contract. Two years, $22 million, you know, $11 million per year. So now the expectation this year is that for Reggie Jackson to step up his game a little bit. Now, again, if you just look at stats alone, you know, the 16.9 points per game, let's just say 17 points a game. You can look at it and say, well, hey, he's averaging about almost five points more per game than he has in his career. However, sometimes you can't just look at stats alone. Some of those big shots that Reggie Jackson was making last year in the playoffs, he hasn't been that consistent in doing that this year. And since Paul George is not on the floor, along with Kawhi Leonard, of course, um, he's definitely not, you know, carrying the Clippers, let's say. You know, the Clippers, again, are pretty much a 500 team right now. So as far as a grade goes for Reggie Jackson, you know, obviously, you know, it's not going to be like uh, uh, like my man Soldier Boy. We're not going to put any D's on it. But I'll give Reggie Jackson a good C plus so far. I think he can play better, especially down the stretch. It seems like sometimes he gets off to a little slow start, you know, like in the first quarter. Then he picks it up a little bit in the second, in the third, and then in the fourth quarter. You know, again, those big shots are not there as consistently as they were last year. So I think there's really, really room for improvement for Reggie Jackson. Again, right now, C plus, not a bad grade, not a bad, bad grade. By the end of the year, he can definitely end up being a B type player easily. But I need Reggie Jackson to pick it up just a little bit more, just a little bit more between now and the end of the year. And I have every expectation that Mr. June, as they call him now, Mr. June, will be able to do just that. Next up on the list is the guy last year that I just always talked about, just buried this guy, and that's Luke Kennard. I was going to grade uh, Marcus Morris, but I chose Luke Kennard because he is a guy that's actually picked his game up. In my opinion, last year, of course, he signed that extension for four years and 64 million, 16 stacks per year. And Luke and I was not playing up to that. And I was just all over the guy last year. I'm like, man, this guy, he's just not stepping up to the plate based on that contract. Now, this today, uh, this is the first year that, that contract has uh, uh, come into play and he's played 35 games. And he's averaging 11.7 points per game as opposed to his career average of 9.7. 
His rebounds is up, 3.4 rebounds as opposed to 2.8. His assist is pretty much the same. His field goals percentage, eh, pretty much the same. Well, 44% as opposed to 43%, but his three-point field goal percentage is up, and that's what they need him to do. He's at 44.1% from beyond the arc as opposed to last year at 41.9%. His free throw percentage is also up as well. He's one of the better free throw shooters in the league at 87.9%. But the minutes played for Lou Kennard is definitely up. He is getting more opportunities to play more minutes, especially with Paul George being injured. And, of course, with all of the protocol and all of that all that crap, COVID protocol that's going on. And it, he could be a little bit more consistent, but he's had some, you know, he's had some very, very good games. 23 points against Portland, 18, uh, you know, against Charlotte, uh, nice 16 point game against Portland. Looks like he likes playing against uh, Portland. Now these last say 15 or so games, he's really, really picked it up. And there's been several games where he's been in the starting lineup, scored 27 points against OKC in one of those games, 23 points against Orlando. He's consistently around 17, 18, 19 points a game since he's been inserted in that starting lineup. He did have a five-point clunker against the San Antonio Spurs uh, back on December 20th. But other than that, Luke Kennard has been playing well. So, you know, I haven't had the opportunity to uh, to call him my whipping boy this year. He's been playing a whole lot better. And when he's on the floor, when Luke Kennard is on the floor and he's hitting those threes and the Clippers can spread that uh, floor around and stretch the floor, you know, passing that ball around the perimeter and, you know, making the defense, you know, react, you know, to the pick and rolls and try to close out on the three-point shots. And that's when the Clippers are at their best. And when Luke Kennard, when he's on, when his shot is on, then that makes the Clippers that much more tougher to beat. And Luke Kennard can actually, he does this a whole lot better than what people give him credit for. He can drive to the basket and shoot the ball with either hand. He's a left-handed player, but I'm sure you've seen him drive to the lane and shoot the ball with his right hand. So he's a very, very dangerous player when he gets into the paint. Cool Hand Luke. That's another nickname he has, I call him. Cool Hand Luke. So as far as a grade for Luke Kennard, uh, some of you may not agree with this, but I'm going to give Luke Kennard a B-. Going to give him a B-. You know, last year I would say C-. But I think he's picked this game up a full letter grade. You know, can he get much better than a B-? It's possible. It's possible. Hey, the more confidence a guy gets, the better his game gets. You know, he can end up being a B-type player by the end of the year. But right now, I'll give Cool Hand Luke a nice B- for a grade. Before I get to the Lakers and uh, their grades, let's have a word from our sponsor, DraftKings.com. Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. The NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you know someone is going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN 
throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, if you want to win some, some money, you know, get yourself some, uh, some bets in. Go to DraftKings.com. Put in promo code TBPN and win yourself some loot, baby. I've had a little luck this year winning some, winning some money in the uh, NBA. So I'd like to keep that up. But if you want to do that as well, go to DraftKings.com. Again, promo code TBPN and win yourself some money. So continuing on with this theme today in episode number 84 of the report cards, I will now get to the Los Angeles Lakers. And I'll start off with pretty much the obvious one uh, as far as a grade goes. And that is Mr. LeBron James. So if we were just looking at strictly stats, strictly stats, LeBron James, he's only played 27 games so far this year. So that's more than enough games where I'm not going to give him an incomplete grade. Of course, LeBron James has missed probably around close to 20 20 games. Well, not 20, maybe about 15 games or so, give or take a game or two. But 27 uh, games is enough games to grade LeBron James. And just looking at flat-out stats, points-wise, he's averaging 28.6 points per game in those 27 games, um, as opposed to his career average of 27 points per game, in which LeBron James has played, by the way, in over 1,300 games, career games. His rebounds is just the same, 7.4 rebounds per game. His assist is down a little bit from 7.4 to 6.5. His field goal uh, shooting percentage is up a couple of points to 52%. His uh, three-point percentage is actually up to 37%. That's the part of his game, especially lately, that's been really, really impressive. And um, also his three-point percentage uh, from beyond the arc, 52% as opposed to 34%. I'm sorry, 37% shooting from beyond the arc as opposed to 34%. Free throw percentage is up 77% as opposed to 73%. So overall... LeBron James is having a very, very good year. And it's just really so impressive because of his age. Now, 37 years old. He just turned 37, I believe, last week. He's been in the league like 18 years or so. And if you just look at the numbers, especially lately, you're talking about somebody that's carrying a team. I mean, you can go back, what, six, seven games ago, starting with the Phoenix game of which they lost, but LeBron James, he scored 34 points. So let me read off these numbers in the last few games. 34 points, 36 points, 39 points, 32 points, 37 points, 43 points against Portland, 26 points against the T-Wolves, and 31 points against Sacktown. And the Lakers have won four out of their last five games. You're talking about someone that's carrying a team, you know, without Anthony Davis. You know, you have all the COVID situations going on with the LA Lakers just like with all other teams this guy is just absolutely amazing 
you know, the, the, the adjectives, you don't have enough adjectives in the, in the dictionary to describe this guy. The superlatives are just off the charts. He's playing like he's not 37. He's playing like he's 27. Now there has been a few games, especially on those back-to-back games in the fourth quarter where his shot tends to go a little flat. And I don't care if you're the King, you're Superman, you're Batman, whatever the hell you want to call him. Even LeBron James gets tired. And he's logging a lot of minutes, you know, in those games. You know, those those numbers that I just mentioned, as far as the minutes played, 39, 39, 37, 39, 36, 29 was his lowest against Portland. That's the game he had 43 points. Imagine that, 29 minutes, and he scored 43 points. But he gets tired. I mean, the man's 37 years old, man, leave 18, 19 years. And, again, that shot – falls a little flat in the fourth quarter. But I tell you what, in those first three quarters, man, he's he's on point. Three-point shots. I mean, you can see the, the the confidence just rises. Even if, even with a guy like LeBron James, I mean, confidence is everything. You know, obviously he's a confident basketball player, but he's even more confident when that shot is falling. He's rebounding. He's dishing assists. You know, the defense – you know, again, at that age, LeBron James is not a lockdown defender, but he's a help side defender. He is definitely that. You know, did you see the block on De'Aaron Fox in the game against Sacramento the other night? When De'Aaron Fox thought he had an easy layup, and here comes, here comes the King out of nowhere, swatting that ball away. Almost looked like it was goaltending, but I don't think it was. But those are the things that LeBron James does, and he's just absolutely carrying this team. You know, hopefully Anthony Davis will get back soon to, you know, to give help. And uh, I'll get to Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook in a second as far as the grades go. But LeBron James, I'm just going to – it's flat out. Give him an A. Kind of reluctant to give him an A+. plus. You know, I, I could still I could still get a little bit more out of LeBron James. I mean, how, how much more can you squeeze out of a guy like LeBron James and the way he's playing? But these grades are overall, you know, for the whole entire season. You know, these these games lately, these last 15 games or so, he's really, really picked up the pace. Earlier in the year, he wasn't exactly playing like this, but he wasn't playing horribly either. You know, the very first game of the year against Golden State, he had 34. So he's been, you know, he's he's been he's been pretty steady, but lately he's been picking it up. So I will give LeBron James so far this year an A. So the next player on my list this one may be a little kind of the next two are probably going to be a little controversial i'll hear it from my my twitter followers uh the next one on my list here as far as a grade goes is mr anthony davis now this guy i'm gonna call you know the mercurial anthony davis i'm gonna call him you know, throughout the season, I was really, really critical of Los Angeles basketball fans because of the vitriol that was spewed towards Anthony Davis. And my thought was I didn't see any difference in his play from when they were in the bubble and won the championship uh, in Orlando. You know, I didn't see – you know, I hear a lot of times where, hey, this guy should be in the post. He's – he's Let's just say he's six. He's six ten, but a lot of people say, "Oh, he's seven foot tall." He's not seven foot tall. He's six ten. You know, guy. Yeah, if you want to give him six eleven, that's fine. However, just because you're six eleven doesn't mean you're a five, a center. 
or post player. Anthony Davis has never been that in his career. He's never been the um, post player, the traditional post post player that they would have back in the day, back in the day, or even some of the players today, like a Rudy Gobert, for uh, example, or DeAndre Ayton. That that's a good comparison for the Phoenix Suns. DeAndre Ayton is their five. Their Phoenix is five. Anthony Davis doesn't have the game like DeAndre Ayton has. They're, they're, that's apples to oranges right there. Not a good comparison. Anthony Davis is a player who he can shoot from 12 to 15 feet on the floor. Now, it all depends on matchups. If they're playing somebody and the center is not 6'11", let's say this, whoever they're playing is playing small ball or something, and someone 6'7 is guarding Anthony Davis, then yes, by all means, he should be playing in the block. And I think he does that a lot. But if he's playing against somebody like, let's say, DeAndre Ayton, you know, or, or, or Rudy Gobert, for example, he's not going to be banging those guys down in the post, not, not like every single possession. He's just not that type of player. He's able to go outside, take those guys outside, and do some damage you know, off the dribble. He can take players like that to the basket. He can shoot over them. They don't, his shot doesn't get blocked very often. And he can do some damage from the outside. Now, as far as just flat-out stats go, uh, Anthony Davis in his career has averaged 23.8 points a game this year in 27 games because, of course, he's been hurt. He's averaged 23.3 points a game, just about the same. Total rebounds, 10.2 in his career, 9.9 this year. It's pretty much the same. His assist is up a little bit this year. His field goal percentage has increased this year. The one part of his game that's the big disappointment that's the numbers are really, really huge, you know, as far as a disparity, is the three-point field goal percentage. In his career, Anthony Davis has been a 30.4 three-point field goal percentage player. This year, for whatever reason, 17.9%. He's shooting horribly from three-point range. Horribly. And that's the part of, his, that's the part of the game that's really, really alarming. And his free throw percentage has also decreased from 79.6 to 72.7. But overall, I'm thinking his stats are pretty much the same with the exception of the three-point shooting percentage. And if you just look at individual games, I mean, the guy has been steady. That's why I've always said I just don't understand. I can understand some of the vitriol, but not as much as some Laker fans just spew at this guy. I mean, you could just look at some of the games he's had, 33 points, 35 points against the San Antonio Spurs, 30 points against OKC, 29 against OKC, 32 against Charlotte, 34 against the Spurs. He likes playing against the Spurs as well. 31 points against Boston. Right after that, 30 against Detroit. The big, big disappointing game, of course, is the last game he played against Minnesota when Carl Anthony Towns was just – really punking the guy that's the that's the game that uh anthony davis hurt his ankle and then uh just moments later turned around and hurt his knee and that's the last game that he played uh but he's not going to be out for the entire season he's going to be coming back and hopefully he can come back and be the player that we all know he can be anthony davis in my opinion is a top 10 player it's just no doubt about that he's a he's a top 10 player so i know this particular grade i'm gonna give him is going to be controversial but i'm going to give anthony davis a b minus can that grade improve oh yes it absolutely can 
Anthony Davis can be potentially an A minus type player. Okay, right now I'm going to give him a B minus. I don't see too much difference in his game. You know, he's not a C minus type player. He's definitely not, you know, definitely not going to throw some D's on it. Like Soldier Boy says, I think he's a I think he's a B minus type guy when he's out there. You know, the issue with Anthony Davis, of course, is injuries. So B minus for Anthony Davis and my Twitter fans. If you guys don't agree with that. And of course, I know probably 75 percent if you don't. Hey, you can just let me know on Twitter, man. I got pretty big shoulders. Just say, man, L.A. Ray, man, you don't know what the hell you're talking about, man. B minus Anthony Davis. Oh, hell no. Let me know. Next on the list, as far as players goes, last but definitely not least, definitely not least, is Russell Westbrook. Now, here's another one that's going to be controversial. I know it is. You have a lot of Russell Westbrook fans out there, and... That's wonderful. Guy is a Hall of Famer, top 75 player of all time. I get all of that. Walking triple-double, get all of that. However, however, nobody's impressed by these triple-doubles anymore, folks. Nobody's, nobody's impressed by that anymore. You only have to get 10 points to complete the triple-double. The hardest part, of course, is probably the uh, – or the easiest part is uh, the points – you know, rebounds, yep. You know, you have to crash the boards in order to get those double digits in 10. And the assists, you know, he handles the ball a lot. Okay, but but are you doing it in the confines of the team, in the confines of the offense? Let's look at some of the stats for Russell Westbrook. I'll let you know what I mean. Career, 982 games, average 23 points per game. Yes, top 75 player, no doubt about it. Uh, this year, he's averaging 19.5 points per game. His uh, drop in points per game was to be expected when you got a bunch of future Hall of Famers on your squad. Total rebounds has been up to 8.1 as opposed to 7.4. His assist has gone down a little bit, 8.5 as opposed to 8.1 this year. His field goal percentage has actually gone up, 45.2%. He shoots a little better than people may give him credit for. The only thing is, boy, when he misses – Boy, when he misses, you're talking about building some bricks, some houses. I mean, some people call it do Russell West Brick. But three-point percentage is about the same. 30.5 in his career, 30% from three-point range this year. His free throw percentage, though, has gone down inexplicably from 78.6 to 65.4. So those stats, if you just look at that, you say, okay, yeah, Russell Westbrook is playing like he normally plays. However, however, the turnovers is just killing this guy and killing the Lakers. I mean, it's the turnovers. Now, I know Russell Westbrook has had problems with turnovers his career, but I've, you know, from my memory, I've never thought of it to be this bad. I mean, hey, just look at, look at, look at the stats. They're there. I'm, I'm just going down the list right here, and these numbers just stand out to you. Nine turnovers against Memphis, ten turnovers against OKC, eight against Miami, seven against Charlotte, seven against the Spurs. I mean, the list goes on and on. Seven against Phoenix. He had nine turnovers in the game against Minnesota the other day. Seven of them was in the first half. Now, miraculously, in his last game against uh, Sacramento, 
He didn't have any turnovers. And the Lakers won that game, and Russell Westbrook was a plus 17 while he was on the floor. Fans, I think the Lakers brass would do cartwheels if the guy didn't average all of these triple doubles because his shot selection would be better. It would be better. And it would just serve the Lakers well if he would just blend into that offense without being, let's say, Russ being Russ. That's the, the, the buzz phrase that goes right. Hey, let Russ be Russ. But Russ was getting all those statistics at OKC and especially at Washington. Washington Wizards had a horrible team. He was just piling up stats. Yeah, he was a walking triple-double. Hell, he was the only thing worth looking at. Well, they had Bradley Bill, but you know what I mean? He, Russell West, Westbrook was the man over there. So he was going to get a triple-double. They don't need that every single game against the Lakers. Or with the Lakers, I'm sorry. And in the fourth quarter, a lot of fourth quarters, Westbrook does not show up and turns the ball over a lot in the fourth quarter. That's just not good. Not good. You know, in the NBA, who cares what you do in the first quarter, man? Because everybody's going to have a run. First quarter, whatever. Fourth quarter, money time. What do you do in the fourth quarter? And there's a lot of games where Westbrook does not show up in the fourth quarter. So, as far as a grade goes, I'm not going to be, again, like Soldier Boy, I'm not going to give Russell Westbrook uh, the D category, but I am going to give him a, 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 a definite C minus. Definite C minus, that, that's possibly can get lower than that. You know, if he doesn't improve on these turnovers again, uh, it was a good sign that the last game he only had, he didn't have any. So, you know, that's unrealistic, of course, for him to have zero turnovers every single game. But if you can keep that turnover from, you know, from, you know, three and under, and man, don't be coming with, with seven, eight, nine, ten turnovers. Russell Westbrook actually had a quadruple double this year, earlier in the year. Now, most times when a player gets a, a, a quadruple double, that means they had the points, they had the assists, and they had the rebounds. And either they had the blocks in double digits or some steals in double digits. No, his quadruple double includes double digits in turnovers. And that is not good. So for Russell Westbrook, I will give Mr. Westbrook the Brody, Mr. Triple Double, as they call it, a C minus. And can that get better? It absolutely can. Absolutely can. So with that, L.A. Lakers and L.A. Clippers fans, I'm going to leave it right there. Just wanted to have a little fun today with the with the um, report cards for a few of these players on both teams. And I hope you really, really enjoyed that segment. So with that, I'm going to leave it right there again. Thank you all for listening episode number 84 i will be dropping another episode in a few days if you don't want to miss any of my future episodes uh just make sure wherever you get your podcast from whether it's apple stitcher spotify odyssey wherever you get your podcast from make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any further episodes of la courtside podcast so with that again my la laker fam thanks again for listening thank you for all the support and until next time, until episode number 85, peace. Peace.
every time you see me up and clap my head on the desk And when you see me on them girls, you know that I'm super fresh Yeah, teachers, students, class, stupid hey.